You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. These verses again. And Moses and Aaron were brought again unto Pharaoh, and he said unto them, Go, serve the Lord your God. But who are they that shall go? Here we have the people of God. They have been slaves. They have been in Egypt. They have been in bondage. And God has raised up a deliverer by the name of Moses. Moses, the man of God, has been placed in the position to lead God's people out. And as he has given this responsibility, this job to lead them out, we find him standing before Pharaoh. Now he has stood before Pharaoh eight times so far, and eight times Pharaoh has said, they're not going. God has sent many different, uh, he sent them many different uh, uh, plagues. In chapter 7, we see the plague of, of the water turning to blood. Uh, chapter 8, we see the frogs. Then we see the lice. We see the plague of flies. These are some nasty plagues. Just, have you ever had some flies that you were just trying to get rid of and you couldn't? It just seemed like they were everywhere. The entire land was filled with frogs, filled with lice, filled with flies. Then in chapter 9, we see the personal attack where there were boils. And then there were pestilence, which was disease. And then we see the attack on the land with hail, the seventh plague. Locusts in chapter 10 was the eighth plague. And now Pharaoh and Moses is standing before Pharaoh and we're having the plague of darkness come, which was the ninth plague. And we see that as Pharaoh is asking, who's going to go? Moses tells him who's going to go. And uh, verse number seven, uh, we see how the people even, Pharaoh's people, the, the Egyptians, they were just wanting the Hebrews gone because of all the plagues that had come. Uh, look at Exodus 10, verse 7. And Pharaoh's servant said unto him, How long shall this man be a snare unto us? Let the men go, that they may serve the Lord their God. Knowest thou not that uh, yet that Egypt is destroyed? And Moses and Aaron were brought again unto Pharaoh, and he said unto them, Go, serve the Lord your God, but who are they shall go? That shall go. And so they are looking to figure out who's planning on leaving. Who's going to go serve the Lord? Who is it that is going to go offer this sacrifice to the Lord? And, uh, and we see in verse 11, Pharaoh said, Not so, go now ye that are men and serve the Lord. For that ye did desire, and they were driven out from Pharaoh's presence. So for a very short period of time, he says that they and the children can go. And then he reneges on that and he says, no, just let the men go. That's what you asked for to begin with, just the men. And now we find that the children can't go. The boys, the sons and the daughters can't go. 
The women can't go. The flocks can't go. The herds can't go. Just the men can go. Now, when we look in the Bible, the land of Egypt is a picture of the world. It's a picture of the condition of the the lost world. And the crossing of the Red Sea was picturing salvation. We see the wilderness wandering was the carnal uh, life of the believer that was disobedient. They got saved, but they didn't follow the Lord, and they just wandered in the wilderness. They never got to that land of victorious Christian living, uh, the land of Canaan. And so uh, they, they had not availed themselves of all the blessings that God had prepared for them. God's blessings were available. God's blessings were still true. But because they chose not to fully obey, they wandered in the wilderness. You know, the joy of the Christian life for them was just out of reach. It was, it was close, but it was just out of reach. You know, the Christian life is a life of faith. Romans 1.17, the Bible says, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. For it is written, The just shall live by faith. And when he's talking about the just, he's talking about the justified, the saved. They will live by faith. That is the expectation. The expectation that God has for the believer, for his child, is that they are going to walk by faith. You know, there's something about not knowing how it's all going to turn out. But still trusting God and following anyway. That's faith. Hebrews 11.6, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And, and that is the truth. Isn't it the truth? We've seen when we follow the Lord, we take those steps of faith, he blesses us for it. He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And so for the believer who leaves anything in this world, uh, it, uh, there will always be a connection to want to go back. There's a, a draw, a pull. You know, the de devil doesn't mind us going to church on Sunday as long as we live our kids in the world on Monday. He doesn't, he doesn't mind us going to church as long as the rest of our life is tied up in the world. As long as our focus, as long as our heart, as long as our, our purpose is more tied up in the things down here than the things that are eternal. And here, the, Pharaoh, the fear that Pharaoh had was that if my slaves leave Egypt, they won't come back. Now, let me tell you something. The Lord, when he saved us, he gave us freedom. He gives us freedom. It's the devil that brings bondage. 
And just because you're saved does not mean you're free. We can entangle ourselves again with that yoke of bondage. We can hang on to the things of the world and never let go and never get to enjoy that freedom. They say that uh, uh, they would send trappers into the, the jungles to catch monkeys. And one of the ways that they would catch monkeys is they would take some fruit uh, that the monkeys would love or nuts, whatever it was, and they'd put it into a jar. And the jar's mouth was big enough for them to put their hand into and that they would reach their hand and the jar or container of some sort was anchored uh, and they would, they would have some enticement there and they would put their hand into this jar and grab a handful of whatever it was. But when they went to pull their hand out, they could not because of the fist because they had a handful of of what this bait was. They say they would catch the monkeys because the monkeys would not let go of the bait. And because of their unwillingness to let go, they were captured. You know what? The devil does the same thing. He has got lures that he is throwing out to us day in and day out. You know, the Bible talks about that besetting sin. And every one of us have some besetting sins. And, and if you have uh, any wisdom, if you have wisdom about you, you will determine, you will know what your besetting sins are. Because you can be sure that the devil knows what they are. And he is going to use those to entice you. And he's going to try to get you to grab a hold of this world. And he doesn't want you to let go. And if he can keep you with one attachment into this world, he will keep you from serving the Lord. Tonight, as we look at this event between uh, Pharaoh and the people of God, uh, we see that Pharaoh, uh, he didn't want uh, the, the, uh, the Hebrews to leave because he was not sure of them coming back. But if he could keep their wives, if he, they could keep, if he could keep their sons, if he could keep their daughters, if he could keep their flocks, if he could keep their herds, he knew that if the men left, they're still coming back. They would come back. The, the possessions, the wealth, the loved ones. But I want you to look with me at verse number 8, Exodus chapter 10. And Moses and Aaron were brought again unto Pharaoh, and he said unto them, Go serve the Lord your God, but who are they that shall go? And tonight I want to speak to you on the subject, who's staying? Who's staying? And let's pray. Father, I pray that you'd help us tonight. Give us wisdom and Inside, I pray the Spirit of God would just use us. Help us, Lord, to recognize that, uh, Lord, the, we are in a battle. 
And Lord, this uh, battle is going on for the hearts of uh, of your people. And, and Lord, if your people's hearts are tied to this world, uh, there is no way they will ever be able to fulfill uh, the plan and the purpose that you have for their lives. And, and so I pray that you would help us to just recognize some things, uh, some warnings. May we understand just how the devil works tonight. And may you just give us insight and wisdom, please, for Christ's sake. Amen. As we look here and we say, who's staying? Who's going to stay uh, in the world? Who is it that we are going to leave behind? What is it that we are going to leave behind that has our heart that's going to keep us a- attached uh, to this world? Uh, what, was, what was this attachment for these Hebrews uh, to Egypt? Go back to uh, chapter number 3 uh, of Exodus Exodus chapter 3, look with me at verse number 7. Exodus 3 and verse number 7. Uh, the Bible says, And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows and am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians to bring them up out of the land unto a good land and a large, unto a land flowing with milk and honey, unto the place of the Canaanite and the Hittite and the Amorite and the Perizzite, the Hivites and the Jebusites. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come up unto me. I also have seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh, and that I should bring forth the children uh, of Israel out of Egypt? Now, when we look at this attraction and we look at this connection with it, with Egypt, for God's people, there was no good connection. The connection was all bad. In verse number seven, we see affliction and we see a cry that was there that was going up. They were crying out to God because uh, of the affliction that they were under. Uh, the, uh, we see the taskmasters as well there in verse number seven. Uh, in verse number eight, we see a need of deliverance uh, from the hand of the Egyptians. And again, the cry of God's people to God for deliverance. Uh, we see the oppression there that's mentioned in verse 9 as well. You know what? The world has nothing to entice us with. You know what the world has to entice us with? Bondage. Bondage. That's, That's all that's there. You know, sometimes if we're not careful, we can talk about the good old life. Well, let me tell you, there isn't anything good about the good old life. There's, there's nothing good about the days before salvation. There's nothing good about the days before uh, the sanctified life, the, the life that has been uh, given over to the Lord to live a, a holy life. The parties and the drinking and the drugging and the, the immorality and the loose and lascivious lifestyle, the, uh, the, the, uh, uh, the lights and the glamour that the devil throws off, uh, these are just hooks. These are just things that are enticing to to try to lure people uh, to a life of uh, of brokenness. But what you see is those lights and that glamour soon becomes darkness. It soon becomes empty. It soon becomes a prison. It disappears under a cloak of darkness 
of abuse, physical, immoral, the perversion, the destructive behaviors, the bondage that sin brings, the addictions. It's unbelievable. The brokenness of the old life. And the world has nothing to offer. You know, those addictions, the pot, and, oh, I, I know, pot isn't addictive. Then quit. Yeah. The meth, the Norcos, it's bondage. It's all it is. It's bondage. You see, the slavery that they were in, there were a few perks. They had food to eat. It was provided by Pharaoh. They had a place to sleep. But three hots and a cot, you can get that in jail. And it's still bondage. You know, several things tonight. I want you to see number one. Pharaoh wants a hook in your life. Pharaoh wants a hook. He wants something that's going to keep you attached. He doesn't mind you serving the Lord a little bit. But he wants you to have a hook. He wants a hook in you that he knows he can pull you back. He knows that there's something that's going to draw you back, a hook to keep you, a hook so he won't lose you. When we were up in Washington, we would go salmon fishing. We'd go down to the river, and, and you get down onto the river to do salmon fishing. Certain parts of the year, uh, it was literally called combat fishing. And it was shoulder to shoulder unreal. You'd have your rod and it would flip back, flip out and your line would hit and it would roll down. If somebody caught a fish, everybody has to pull in. If somebody else cast it across your line and they started pulling back in, now you were tangled up with about three or four other guys. It was a mess. I hated fishing in that type of scenario, so I try to stay away from that. But one of the things that we would find as you would go fishing down there on the river for these salmons is that the salmon, you would have to take those beautiful, sharp, hooks, and you would have to take a pair of pliers, and you'd have to smash off those barbs. Because you had to give the salmon a sporting chance. You see, when those hooks went in, if the barbs were still there, that hook was going to stay. You know what the devil does? He's got some hooks, and he wants as many barbs on those hooks as he can get. And if it's your wife, or it's your children, or it's your possessions, or it's your, uh, your, uh, your wealth, or whatever it is, your hobbies, he's going to use whatever he can to keep you tied to the world so you don't completely sell out to God. You see, Pharaoh wants a hook. He wants a hook that, who's going to go? 
And, and here we see how Moses was telling them who was going to go, but the devil isn't going to give us a sporting chance. Let me tell you, the barbs are still on. The barbs are on his hook. He's not letting those go. Uh, John 15 and verse 19, the Bible says, If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. In chapter 17 and verse 14, he says, I have given them thy word, and thy world hath hated them, because they are not of the world. Even as I am not of the world, I pray not that thou shouldst take them out of the world, but that thou shouldst keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Let me tell you, when we got saved, the Lord wants us to not be a part of this world. He wants us to be a separated people. He wants us to be, he wants us to have our heart, uh, our mind, our focus, our life caught up in what his will would be for our life. And in doing so, we get to enjoy so much more. You know what? Sin brings drama. It brings so much drama. You know, I lay my head on the pillow at night, and I don't have to wonder about whether or not I'm going to get caught. You know what? That's a wonderful thing. Pre-salvation, that was not the case. I, didn't, I don't have to wonder, will anybody know? You know why? Because when you're following the Lord, there, there is such peace. The drama goes away. What a blessing. When I was a youth pastor, I had a statement that I would use over and over again. I hate drama. I hate drama. Uh, and I tell Rachel, don't be a DQ. Don't be a drama queen. And it was just, listen, we're not going to have this drama stuff going on. And you know what? That's what sin brings into our life. It brings so much drama. And here we see that Pharaoh, he was wanting a hook. He was wanting uh, them to leave uh, part of uh, their life tied up into the world. Secondly, Pharaoh wants a line. He wants a line to your heart. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 21, he said, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. When we look here and he said, uh, who's going to go? Uh, it was, you know, you're, you're, the men can go, but the flocks can't go, the herds can't go. And these are, these are all mentioned in previous verses. The men can't, or the, the wives can't go, the sons can't go, the daughters can't go, the flocks can't go, the herds can't go. And I look at the herds and I and I see the basic wealth was, was gathered in a person's life based on their, their herds. Their flocks was their day-to-day -day job, as in just that income of, of producing and, uh, and meeting those uh, urgent needs. And, and the Pharaoh, the world, he wants to keep a, a hold of a line that goes directly to our heart. He wants control. He promises freedom, but he pays in bondage. The wives, the children, the herds, the flocks. Uh, and here, uh, this, these, were, these were people. These were uh, possessions. These were things that uh, would keep the hearts of the people tied to Egypt, uh, and and here uh, we don't we don't want to allow the uh, the devil to have those those connections. Uh, the spouse, the love of your life. Uh, what would we? What would not we do to 
to make them happy. The children. Can you imagine leaving your children? Well, no. I mean, if they're, if they're back there, we're, we're going back after them. That's why we got to take them with us. The herds, the wealth, the resources. You see, there's always a hook. There's always a hook. Who's staying? 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 17. 2 Corinthians 6, 17. Wherefore, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. You see, God had a plan. And in God's plan, it was to follow the man of God, Moses. And, and then God not only had a plan, he had a place. There was a promised land that God was going to lead them to. And this represented the land of victorious Christian living. God had a process. That process was complete surrender. Uh, it was complete obedience uh, to him. But it wasn't without obstacles. And it wasn't without some hard decisions uh, that they were going to have to make. Uh, you see... Uh, you can get out of Egypt, but it's hard to get Egypt out of you. You can get out of Egypt, but it's hard to get Egypt out of you. Go back to Numbers chapter 11. Numbers chapter 11. And we'll read six verses here. Numbers 11, 1 through 6. Numbers 11, verses 1 through 6. The Bible says, And when the people complained... It displeased the Lord, and the Lord heard it. And his anger was kindled, and the fire of the Lord burnt among them and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. And the people cried unto Moses, and when Moses prayed unto the Lord, the fire was quenched. And he called the name of the place Tibera, because the fire of the Lord burnt among them. And the mixed multitude that was among them fell a lusting, and the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who shall give us flesh to eat? We remember the fish which we did eat in Egypt freely, the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. But now our soul is dried away. There is nothing at all besides this manna before our eyes. You know what? There's something about how the world, uh, the devil, can, can trick us into thinking that what we had in the world is better than what God has given to us. And let me tell you, it's a lie. It's a lie. There wasn't anything that they ate freely. They were slaves. Uh, they completely forgot the taskmasters. They for completely forgot uh, the cries of God They uh, unto God. They completely uh, forgot the oppression and the burden and, and all, the, uh, all the despair that they were in because of the taskmasters and their slavery in Egypt, the bondage that was there. And now all of a sudden, somehow they're lying to themselves and saying, man, we had it so good when we were back here in Egypt. I mean, we got to eat whatever we wanted, the melons and the garlic and the leeks and the onions. Boy, doesn't that sound like a well-balanced meal. And, uh, and here they were, they were thinking about all of these things and, and saying that they did eat freely there. And there was nothing free back there. The devil doesn't give us anything free. There's a hook. And there's a line. And he wants to draw us back. They got to the place where they started looking back at Egypt to where now the provision of God was not 
enough. Now, I don't know if you've ever had a diet of the same thing over and over and over again. It gets old. When we were in college, we had a farmer. Our, our budget for, for groceries, Deb and myself and David, was $10 a week. And so with that $10 a week grocery budget, we had a farmer that would come and bring semi-loads of potatoes, and he would sell them on the side of the road, 50-pound bags of potatoes, for $2.50. And we had potatoes for breakfast. We had potatoes for lunch. We had potatoes for dinner. Sometimes they were fried. Sometimes they were baked. Sometimes they were mashed. Sometimes they were twice baked. Sometimes they were burnt just to give us a different flavor. And I know that sometimes if you were to eat the same thing over and over again, that it gets old. But the provision of God is always better than the provision of what the devil will give you. Because of the cost. The Lord leaves you with peace and joy and fulfillment and the devil leaves you broken. He leaves you empty. And he leaves you alone. We think about these people and now they're in the wilderness. And they're, they're now in despair about the provision of God. They're looking back at Egypt as though that everything back there was good. And, and sometimes the season uh, in our life, there will be some seasons of following the Lord that are hard. And there are seasons in following the Lord that there are pressures. And not everything's going to be easy, but that's how we grow, isn't it? That's how we grow. It's how we learn. Uh, and, and when we look at this, we see that we got, they got out of Egypt and they were in the wilderness, but Egypt didn't get out of them. There was still a hungering. There was still a hook. There was still a line to their heart to draw them back. Uh, and they even got to a place and told Moses, we're just going back to Egypt. Why didn't you just leave us alone? You might get out of Egypt, but you might not get Egypt out of you. You might be able to get your kids out of Sodom, but you might not be able to get Sodom out of your kids. In Genesis chapter 19, verse 10 to 38, you read the story of Lot, and Lot's wife, and Lot's two girls that came out. And what do we find? We find that as they were leaving Sodom, Lot's wife turned back. She looked back. What Did she turn back because of her other children that were still there? Potentially grandchildren? Don't know. But God said, don't turn back, and she lost her life. We see how now Lot is out of Sodom. But now all of a sudden, his 
adult girls conspire to get him drunk in a wicked relationship is established. Where did they learn that? Lot got them out of Sodom, but Sodom was still in them. Mom, Dad, let me tell you something. The devil is after more than just you. He's after more than just you. He's after your kids. And he's after your family. And he's after your heritage. He is is wanting to destroy. And you and I better make sure that we don't allow there to be a tie back to, uh, to Egypt because... There's a hook that's there. There's a line that is tied to our hearts. And if we don't get ourselves completely out, we can find ourselves just like God's people here who chose not to obey the Lord. And they they did not uh, take and make good decisions. Uh, And the decisions to follow the Lord, it can't be half-hearted. And it can't be an inconsistent decision. Uh, These people found themselves wandering in the, the wilderness for 40 years and they never made it to the promised land a 40 year death march and only those that were 20 and below got to go in but there was a lot of life wasted bad decisions it has consequences And it doesn't mean that God isn't gracious and it doesn't mean that God isn't forgiving. But God is a just God. And when we don't follow His leading and His guidance, what we're going to find is there are some consequences that will hang on. The erratic and inconsistent faith of the Hebrew people caused a 40-year death march. And once they entered into that wilderness, uh, they were out of Egypt, but they were not in the promised land. They would never see the blessings that were available to them and their families and the generations to follow. Uh, They waited out their time and their life would come to an end before the beginning of the next generation would begin. Uh, And everyone uh, that was 20 and older would die. And I want to ask you that question. Who's staying in Egypt? Who are we going to leave behind? What's the hook in your life? There's a hook. And it doesn't mean that that hook is got you right now. But we better know what that hook is. Is it money? There are a lot of people that are, that are pulled away from serving. There's nothing wrong with money. There's nothing wrong with a lot of money. I would like all of you to have a lot of money. The offerings would go up. There's nothing wrong with money. But it's amazing how money changes people. It's amazing how that money can grab a hold of our heart. 
That money can change us. Is it money? Is it a job? Is it wealth? Is it family? Is it kids? Uh, is it retirement? Is it that, that view of what everything should be, that picture-perfect dream that we have? Uh, maybe there's a hook of bitterness that's just got you tied up. Maybe there's a hook of envy. Maybe it's a hook of pride. And it's just not letting us get out of the wilderness and into that place where God wants us. Don't let anything keep you from following the Lord's will in your life. Go back to Exodus chapter 10. In Exodus chapter 10, we find Pharaoh who is on the losing side. It's pretty amazing when we, we look at Moses to begin with, he tells God, who am I to go stand before Pharaoh? By the time we get to the, the end of the ninth plague here, Moses has got so much boldness, and, and he is just as strong and confident in what he is saying. He has seen God prove true over and over and over again. And let me tell you, as we follow the Lord and we take a step of faith and God comes through, you know what that does? That builds our faith. That strengthens our faith. And then there's another battle coming and, and you take that step and I'm not sure how this is going to work out. Lord, you want me to go before the king of uh, of Egypt uh, and you want me to tell him what to do? Let my people go? He can have me killed, but he does it. Exodus chapter 10, verse 22. And Moses stretched forth his hand toward heaven, and there was a thick darkness in all the land of Egypt three days. And they saw not one another, neither rose any from this place for three days, but all the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. And Pharaoh called unto Moses and said, Go ye, serve the Lord. Only let your flocks and your herds be stayed. Let your little ones go with you. Now he's like, okay, go ahead. Uh, let the little ones, uh, they can go. But the flocks and the herds, they got to stay. And Moses said, Thou must give us also sacrifices and burnt offerings that we may sacrifice unto the Lord our God. Our cattle also shall go with this. There shall not an hoof be left behind, for thereof we must take, uh, we take to serve the Lord our God. And we know not with what must we must serve the Lord until we come thither. And what do we find? We find Moses saying, you know what? I don't care what you're saying. We're not leaving anything behind. You know what, child of God? Uh, the devil keeps wanting to pull us back. You know what we got to say? Nope, we're not leaving anything behind. Nothing belongs to the devil. Nothing belongs to the world. Everything belongs to God. And as I am giving my life to him, I'm not going to have any connection left behind. I'm not going to allow any of those hooks or any of those lines uh, to be attached to the world that is going to keep drawing me back. Uh, nothing's going to be there. And he said, he said here, uh, he said, there shall not an hoof be left behind. So in Exodus 10, verse 24, before this statement, Pharaoh said unto Moses, and he said, Go ye, serve the Lord, only let your flocks and your herds be stayed. Let your little ones go also with you. The men could go, the kids could go, but the flocks, the herds, they had to stay behind. 
And Moses' response, there shall not a hoof be left behind. Everyone and everything. You know what? God, God deserves all of us and all of what we have. It's His. Everything, it's all going. We're all going. And the Lord gets us all. There shall not a left a hoof be left behind. No hooks to hold us back. No barbs to hold on to us. Who's staying? Nobody's staying in the world. You know what? That's a decision all of us have to make. I wish we could make the decision once. But you know what? The devil's a fisherman. And he keeps throwing those hooks out. And you might make some good decisions and go some the right way, and then next time you turn around, it's like, why am I even tempted about this? Why am I even thinking about this? Why? Because he knows what lures to throw out in front of us. Who's staying? Nobody. We're not going to give the devil any line, any hook, any barb, any time. We're all going to serve him. And that's what we've got to decide. Every mom, every dad, every husband, every wife, every adult, every teenager, every child. we just got to decide. We're just going to follow the Lord. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Lord, I pray that there would not be any left behind. Uh, Lord, that the world would not have victory in our life. And, and I pray that uh, as we serve you, that we would get to, to see all of the blessings uh, that you have before us. And Lord, that land of victorious Christian living, uh, Lord, you have, you have so many blessings that we will get to enjoy if we follow you. But Lord, the devil wants to get us to miss out. He wants to destroy our lives. And I pray that you'd help us to recognize it. Now speak to hearts. Give us what we need, please. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. Heads bowed. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.